Thanks for waking up with WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. And thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. We start out a good week with our good producer, Mr. Rob Center, on the other side of the glass. We always appreciate his help and hard work throughout the week, and uh, we know he'll he'll be there for us. So we appreciate that. He is why the podcasts are loaded immediately after our interviews. So that is all very much appreciated. We also appreciate our guests who call in occasionally over the years. It's been a decade of opportunities to learn some great helpful information from Samantha Pearson. She is now the Healthy Communities Program Manager at the Pennsylvania Downtown Center and already is and has been for a long time a regional environmental advocate and has helped us. We saw her in the Lewisburg Neighborhoods Elm Street Manager position in recent years as well. So Samantha, thank you so much for checking in this morning. Good to be here, Mark. We really appreciate it. Road and pedestrian and bicycle safety in 2022's got to be brought up and talked about. Uh, we are, uh, especially if we're not in a vehicle, we're not as safe as we used to be uh, on the roads. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, so part of my job as the Healthy Communities Program Manager is to uh, work with the Department of Health on a program called Pennsylvania Walk Works, and we're working to make our roads and streets safer for everyone, um, both for, you know, not just for walking and biking, but also for those people who are driving. We're really running into a problem which, uh, you know, during the pandemic we noticed initially when people started needing to go out more and get more exercise, they, they couldn't, didn't have much, um, as many opportunities and options, so people started to walk and bike and uh, do that for exercise just to keep from being stir-crazy, and people often discovered they liked it, but we also wound up with, uh, you know, realizing we had more conflicts. We had given over too much space to cars, we were, um, and we're suffering from some consequences. Looking at the statistics, it's getting quite dangerous um, for people who are outside of cars to uh, also try to use our roads. Well, yeah, you and I have talked about advocating for either walking or maybe running or certainly bicycle riding along uh, side cars and along roads, but uh, it's very nerve-wracking for a lot, of, a lot of bicycle riders because you have to be hyper-vigilant all the time. Distracted drivers uh, running right. bikes off the road is so common. Well, and it's, the, the issue is whose responsibility is it? And it's a shared responsibility. Um, you know, we, what we look at is that um, the statistics coming out both for Pennsylvania and for the nation as a whole, um, even for the world, if you start looking at it in detail, is that car driving and the way we uh, give over so much space to cars is... On the one hand, we're, we're focusing on cars and we're focusing on safety for cars, and we find that our cars themselves are getting more fortress-like and safer for the people inside them. Uh, and that, that trend actually means that fewer people die in car, car accidents per uh, vehicle mile, but at the same time, we find that m more people are, are be dying or being injured outside of the vehicles uh, on our roads. And the roads and streets are actually for everyone. They are built uh, for transportation, for getting people from place to place, um, not specifically for transportation by any one uh, mode of transportation. And so it, it, there really is an imbalance, and we want to make sure that 
wherever possible, we, we, we give as many people possible good options for getting where they need to go. I want to break that down in a moment, but first, just a quick aside, are we seeing locally more vehicle versus bicycle or vehicle versus, or I should say car versus bike or car versus pedestrian accidents locally? Um, I, I would say, well, so I don't have that data in front of me, but like I said, Pennsylvania definitely is following the trend. In other words, we are having... Um, uh, more and more people getting hit and injured. We just simply have more and more cars on our roads, and that locally is definitely the case. Like the counts for, say, Market Street in Lewisburg went up by several thousand vehicles uh, a day um, over the past uh, several years. Like there were there were significant jumps in the number of vehicles on Market Street. And it's not just Market Street. That that also, you can see that sort of filtering through the rest of uh, the network in the surrounding area. Um, you know that we, we some of that can be attributed to detours and things like that, but it also is now holding even once detours are over. All right, now to our shared responsibility or uh, a shared blame, or uh, I guess I'll call it our shared opportunity. Let's look at it in a po- sort of a positive way. Uh, what can drivers do if they recognize that they're partially responsible for this more dangerous time on our roads? Well, at a certain level, we can just drive more um, thoughtfully. And it is a, a thing where you sort of get into autopilot, right? You're, you're literally driving your car and you don't really notice wait, where, 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 I just wasn't really paying attention. I was just doing it in, in the sort of zone. Um, and what we need to realize is that we need to be alert and, and ready to respond to, to other people who might be on the road, whether they're in the other vehicles or not. Um, for example, uh, on, uh, you know, in the center of our towns, whether, whether, you know, you're in the middle of Sunbury or, uh, you know, uh, Mifflinburg, you, you realize that you're more likely to see more people walking and biking. And how do you need to drive in their presence? We were talking about that in Lewisburg, uh, you know, for, for several years, talking about walking the walk and driving the drive and recommending that people slow down, recognize that the speed limit may be 25, but actually it could be safer to drive even lower than that. Um, so we'll find that you know, you're supposed to yield to pedestrians in crosswalks, for example. And we'll always hear that, well, you can, you, the police will not require that you yield if it is too difficult for you to do so. If you drive 25 miles an hour down a street like uh, Market Street in Lewisburg, it's quite likely you won't be able to yield. You'll not see the pedestrians until too late, and you'll just end up driving past them repeatedly. If you are, are actually driving a, around 20 or a little less, actually, you'll see the pedestrians and you'll be able to slow down and stop. In most vehicles, that actually changes because different vehicles have different stopping distances and uh, visibility. So if actually, the larger the vehicle you're in, the more responsibility you have to drive cautiously and be ready to yield and uh, yield the right-of-way, for example, for pedestrians in the right-of-way. Well, and now for this shared opportunity for uh, pedestrians, so let's, oh, we'll have to take bicycles separately. So back to pedestrians, uh, do we have a responsibility when we're walking in downtown Lewisburg or anywhere in Mifflinburg or wherever? 
Um, you do want to stay alert, uh, but we also need to remember that you know pedestrians are hypervigilant pretty much most of the time. <laughs> the, the cars present so much of a of a threat to us that we really have to um, be be on our guard at all times. That said, we do see people walking around with say uh, you know their face you know just staring at their cell phone, either trying to you know contact friends or or figure out where they're going or or whatever, and so we also want to make sure that we're being uh, present and alert, and also not in the zone, right? So we're we're not zoned out. We're also when we do approach a, a street to um, to cross, we pay attention. We're looking both ways. Uh, we're making sure that we that it is a safe time to cross. But we also can't. That can that can mean, for example, that we just assume that we're never going to be able to cross, and we have to wait until there's no cars. And that's not really how the the rules of the road are set up. Um, we should be able to you know, get our opportunity, take our turn to go across the street. All right, and our new opportunities for bike riders to be, of course, all, always ever vigilant. Yeah, you know, this is something where we're, we're there's actually new technology out there. So um, some cyclists are starting to resort to actually putting radar systems on their bikes so that they have warnings, especially if they're uh, riding out in the countryside. This is certainly not every bike rider. They're expensive um, and costly uh, systems, but it'll let them know if there are cars coming, uh, especially from behind, um, on these roads where you know the cars, the vehicles could be going quite fast, and there's there's little clearance. Uh, cyclists do tend to both keep their keep their their bikes. They need to keep their bikes in good good repair. You need to have working brakes. Everything needs, you know, your connections need to be good. You need to have your tires pumped up. Um, and you need to uh, be aware of what your routes are. At the same time, we really have this um, asymmetrical transportation system where we have a very complete network for motor vehicles and we have a very discontinuous network for uh, bikes especially and also pedestrians. And so bikes and pedestrians often find themselves in a a position where they're like, well, I need to get from this part of the network to that part of the network, and there's no good way to do it. Um, so we need to be be cautious when we do make those, try to cross those gaps. Um, but also, we need a little bit of of understanding on the part of uh, the drivers that we are participating in the transportation system with. Well, we see a lot of folks uh, biking around these days, a lot of folks already out biking on the rail trail, so uh, we certainly anticipate a surge in that. Okay, well, please stand by. When we come back, we're going to talk about our, our road and intersection design. Have we missed some opportunities? But it's not too late, and uh, I, I guess I have to flip back to distraction, this idea that uh, drivers don't give their full attention to driving sometimes, so we're going to reiterate just a few points about that when we come back. Samantha is going to be back at 7.40. Samantha Pearson, a, a healthy, healthy communities program manager at the Pennsylvania Downtown Center, and she has always been a regional environmental advocate around here, probably have been talking to her for more than 10 years, executive director of Lewisburg Neighborhoods for some of that period, and the Elm Street manager and Walk It, Bike It coordinator, certainly germane to our conversation uh, when she did that, wore that particular hat in Lewisburg. News, sports, action. 
AccuWeather, and more. Wake up with the information you need on WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. And thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Rob Center is our fabulous producer, taking great care of us. He's got the first half all ready to go. Second half of our interview coming up right now. He'll have that on the WKOK podcast page, or Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Podcasts, you name it, every platform, and there's dozens of them. He'll have it ready to go as soon as our interview is uh, concluded. On the news line with us now, Samantha Pearson, Healthy Communities Program Manager with the Pennsylvania Downtown Center, has been an advocate uh, for environmental topics and pedestrian and road use topics with us for a long time. So we, uh, we appreciate her checking in this morning. Good morning again, Samantha. Morning, Mark. Are our roads outdated? We're right in the middle of a conversation about uh, safety, and we we said that the uh, uh, pedestrians and drivers have a greater responsibility these days, so we'll accept that. But uh, are our roads outmoded in any way? Um, uh, That's an interesting question. So on the one hand, we were talking about shared responsibility earlier, and one of the things that is uh, newly being recognized is that the, the responsibility is not just shared by the people who are on the road at the moment, but also by the designers and the policymakers that uh, decide what our roads look like and how they should operate. And so that's uh, something that is starting to be incorporated. And uh, designers need to be thinking about our roads as making you know making sure they are uh, that that they minimize crashes, that they reduce the severity when crashes do occur. And our decision makers are starting to recognize that they need to uh, legislate and uh, you know, set, the, set the, the framework for our interactions on roads to make them safer, whether that means safer vehicles. You, know, you were asking about, are our roads more dangerous? And what's really more dangerous are our vehicles. Our vehicles have gotten larger, heavier, taller, all of which translates into more danger for the people outside of them. Well, I was looking, uh, doing some research for this uh, topic, and I, I looked up uh, why do accidents occurred, and instead of uh, traffic accidents, assumed I was talking about accidents among children, and it said accidents occurred with children because they become self-involved and not paying attention to the realities of their environment. Well, can, so what? I could just cross out children and put in drivers, or I could cross out uh, uh, children and, and put in pedestrians. You know. That, uh, well, we can talk about road design, but we have to talk about the fact that we're also self-involved and distracted, pedestrian or driver, and driving a more dangerous vehicle at that, that this is just the natural outcome of all of these trends. Well, and so our designers need to recognize, and that's something uh, that people are looking at now, it's called safe system design, and we recognize that humans are not perfect, and humans get distracted, and humans are vulnerable. So um, we know that they're they're we will lose focus, we, there, there could be um, crashes, and what we want to make sure is that any crashes that do happen are, uh, have a, has as few severe consequences as possible. Um, and so we want to make sure that our people are, are protected, speeds are appropriate, that uh, someone recently uh, just wrote, you know, we want to design our streets for drunk drivers, make sure that even a drunk driver doesn't uh, create a crisis. We had certainly uh, an almost miraculous situation in uh, Schmokin Dam a couple weeks ago uh, that was related to that. And obviously that that setting allowed for 
super high speeds, in fact, uh, you know, airborne vehicles. Um, and uh, it's, it's, you know, there have been serious uh, consequences from it, but um, it's not like our road was, was helping to minimize that. Well, is there something our vehicles should do? Uh, our vehicles have plenty of distractions in them. Is there something all vehicles should do to help us give our full attention to driving? Um, so our, there's a lot about, you know, on the one hand, the vehicles are going both directions. They are uh, headed towards being autonomous, which would allow us to give no attention to driving. But we were certainly seeing um, accidents where people de- over-depend on the autonomous uh, uh, features of their cars and wind up getting killed themselves in crashes. Um, uh, and at the same time, we also need to pay more attention. One thing we can do, though, and I think you've you've had other people on to talk about this, is just sort of think about all the situations in which maybe we don't even need to be using the vehicle, right? If it if if driving a vehicle is a great responsibility and we need to be sort of on our best game. Whenever we don't have to drive one, why not? You know, why not avoid it? Now, there are certainly people who don't live in places where from their house they can walk out and and go anywhere they need to go on foot or by bike. But even if you have to drive to most of your destinations, are there destinations that you can drive to and then park your car and do a number of, of uh, errands from there on foot? Um, for example, if you decided to go downtown Lewisburg and go to the hardware store. Could you, you know, park, go to the hardware store, also, you know, go pick up some lunch, also go, uh, you know, and and look and see if you you need to get uh, something else from a from a downtown store. It's um, thinking like that is a little bit different than uh, you know getting in your car and going from one to the other to the other uh, each time in a vehicle. It's. It does take a little bit of uh, like a, a shift in your 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 mental outlook. Some people you can even you know drive to a place. Maybe you have to drop off a child to do uh, sports practice. Drive them to the sports practice and then go take a, a walk or, or go for a run yourself from there. Um, and then you know at the end of the practice, uh, both of you leave having exercised. Um, there are just different ways of of thinking about how we interact with our uh, our environment that can allow everything to be sort of safer and more pleasant and healthier. Yeah, I think we probably used to do that in the past where we would think, you know, drive to X location. I know in the past I've driven to and parked at Lewisburg Pharmacy, then walked to Coles Hardware, Fisher's Meats and Champion Shoe, you know, all in the same spot, and then saw you over at Catherine and Candy's. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we all got to visit, you know, all those places there. So uh, I, I know that you've traveled internationally, and I, and I kind of have to guess that there's other countries that are a little ahead of us when it comes to road design and keeping people safer. Is that true? It is. And I did have the the pleasure of going to the Netherlands, which comes up as a cliche almost uh, when it comes to, you know, making a a great place for biking and walking. What's really interesting is that the Netherlands is also really good for driving. Uh, A lot of people, a lot of Americans don't realize this, but if you... um, Well, for one thing, the Netherlands actually has a fairly high rate of car ownership in Europe. Um, It's not like having a good bike network and pedestrian network is discouraging people from also driving their cars when they need them. Um, But what we are finding is that the Netherlands actually 
designs their roadways along many of these principles that we're talking about today, this sort of safe system approach and vision zero trying to reduce uh, traffic deaths to, to, to zero, they have designed a system that also works better for cars. Cars find that they have less stopping and starting. They can drive steadily. They know where they're going. They need to go. Uh, it's it's just a, a clear system that says these roads and these trips are made for cars, and you you can take a car for them, or you can take a train and a bike and 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 walk. But then you know in these other settings, you just know it's clear when the car is not the right tool. And since not everyone has access to a car, in fact, about thirty percent of the population can't can't drive. They're either too young, too old, have a disability that limits their ability to drive, do not have a, uh, cannot get a license, do not have access to a car. You start realizing that the car is not a universal uh, transportation mode, and no mode is universal. We need to uh, make give people options so that in any given situation, there are multiple different possibilities for them to choose. All right, well, last question. Is there any sort of a mass transit asterisk to this whole conversation? We don't have a ton of mass transit around here, uh, but is that a, a part of this conversation I'm just overlooking it? Oh, transit is, is a great piece of the puzzle, and it is has always been a sort of uh, challenge, especially in more rural areas. But um, people may have seen recently that rabbit transit is uh, has expanded with uh, some really interesting pilot programs. They started them in the York area and now, and then in uh, Shemokin North, Northumberland, uh, sorry, Shemokin Dam, Northumberland, and they just unrolled it. There's now something called the Stop Hopper, which uh, in the Lewisburg to Milton area, you can get sh- uh, a shared ride on demand uh, within that area between, I, I can't remember if the hours are 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or 6.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., but it's two dollars a ride, free for people over 65 who have uh, uh, sort of registered with the service and have a card. Uh, you can you can use an app to call it. You can uh, call it by phone. Oh, and the, so there's the stop hopper that's down in uh, to the south, uh, like I said, Northumberland down to Seals Grove. There's also the Lewisburg area, and then there's one over between Bloomsburg and Berwick. So those are great new options. And then they've also got something called the Designated Stop Program. And Designated Stop is starting, it's like the the slowest uh, fixed route transit system you've ever had. Um, but if they're basically saying that we have scheduled routes that we have to take people from Mifflinburg to Lewisburg, say, every day in the morning for work and home in the afternoon, and other people can take can catch that ride too, um, so basically, it's a form of carpooling. Uh, these are fully accessible vehicles, so that if someone is in a wheelchair, they can also get this ride. Um, and this is really, it opens up new possibilities, partly because, like I said, so many people just for a variety of reasons can't drive. Um, and we need to start realizing that we should take advantage of this. A lot of people think $2 a ride is a little expensive, but if you actually do the math, which, uh, you know, AAA has done Forbes has done, et cetera. Last they checked in like 2019, operating a car in Pennsylvania cost around $4,000 a year, which is comes to around $11 a day. Um, we, these are sunk costs. We don't tend to think about them, but it does give you pause when you start saying, well, it's $2, $2 for a ride is too much. Um, 
and that's just for operating the car. It's not for acquiring it, which, of course, makes it even more expensive. All right. Well, to be continued, I do want to check back in with you in the months ahead. We've got to talk about the Pennsylvania Downtown Center in general and healthy communities, which is, is, is right up your alley, so to speak. So uh, we appreciate all this help, and thank you so much, Samantha, for all of these answers and, and, uh, and talk about solutions as well. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. It's great to talk, as always. Samantha Pearson, Healthy Communities Program Manager at the Pennsylvania Downtown Center, still a resident of the Lewisburg area and, and an active uh, environmental advocate and former executive director of the Lewisburg Neighborhoods and Elm Street Manager and Walk It Bike It Coordinator on Road and Pedestrian Bicycle Safety. PADowntown.org is their website if you are interested in finding out information, and they do have a lot of information on their website that relates to uh, vehicular traffic, pedestrians, and bicycles.